All right. Um, yeah, we got cut off, which was amazing because that was okay. the, the high point of the story was dancing naked in the desert. Uh, what was this? Probably early 90s. Let's see. That's before or late 80s. Late 80s. Probably. Late, late 80s. OK, so somehow we, we were a group of 12. And then in the process, after a tremendous asteroid went across the sky, the fire died down. And of course, we managed to get everybody else out of their clothes. And so there we were naked. And I right. looked to my left, looked to my right. And there's this dude, right? This dude. Again, about 5'2", uh, sort of like military style glasses, uh, a little little sort of weird little hat, as I remember. Uh, uh, like a t-shirt, like a high times t-shirt or something yep. and cargo shorts. <laughs> and, and, and I think like those like tea box sandals or whatever that people, you know, just kind of like red rocks right there. Right. And <laughs> totally, totally. yeah. And so it was one of those moments like where you get, where you get caught, like, you know, rubbing one out or, you know, getting it on with your old ladies in some place, something like that. And you just got to keep going. Like nothing's going on. And, and so I said, all right, if we just, hold our ground, this guy will reveal himself as a skinwalker or whatever yeah. the fuck he was, he was, right? And so we just kind of kept talking to him. And, and, and what was his what was his, his deal? Do you remember? I don't remember what his deal was. I think he just – well, I do remember you introducing yourself to him as somebody. Oh, yeah, I always do that. I, always, I, have, so many, I yeah. have so many personalities. I'm surprised that they let me, let yeah, me out of public. You, you, you use a specific person's name that day. I you did? use it, one of our teachers' names. Oh, yes, you did. Oh, okay. Well, that's even better. <laughs> you turn around and you go, hi. I'm, oh, yeah, I won't yeah, say yeah, the yeah, name. Yeah, but... okay. I, don't <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, I do because I remember I remember just like sitting there thinking to myself, that's because it was like the most nervous answer because you, you just kind of like, you look you look over at me and I'm looking at you and you just put your hand out and you go, hi, I'm. And the guy just just kind of sat there and looked at you but i think he shook your hand <laughs> and but i don't remember what happened after that did he hang out or did he just keep walking well, that's the the thing. I, said, I said i said if we just keep doing our thing he asked us a few questions as i recall and then uh basically he he said he was you know looking for wherever the, the meteorite went or whatever else like that but yeah. i mean we were so far it was so like where did he come from <laughs> Was he like living in the oh, Arroyo? Yeah. I mean, it was miles from any place, right? Yeah, we weren't. It, we weren't near. It wasn't a, a like a, a a state park or anything. It was. We just decided to go off roading somewhere. Yeah, because you know the guys we were You can see the lights of Palm Springs and Palm Desert sure, and everything else around sure, us, and sure. we were out in the middle. No, I do remember being able to see that big. Well, couldn't see the mountain exactly, but you can see there was an illuminated cross on top sure. of one of the mountains. Sure. I remember being able to see that in some of the houses that were lighting up the, the mountains. And that's all I remember. But other than that, I mean, Very we weren't remote. anywhere near a major road. And this guy didn't have a flashlight. Right. Didn't, didn't have anything. Didn't drive up. So it's not. No. So it's not like he was out there with his flashlight he walking. Just, and then he's rattled off with, just, the, I'm looking for okay. the meteorite. I'm like, I'm thinking, no, you're looking for the craft that you fell out of. <laughs> no, no. Let me tell you. You got you to gotta fast forward. So remember that uh, when I went on a trip one time with TJ, uh, not too long after that, I think. And I met this, okay. I met this, uh, I saw this girl that was working in the bookstore who I thought was attractive, right? So we walked in there and of course I did a, you know, walked in and did like a 180 or something. And I said, ah, who am I kidding? I don't want a book. I, I came in here to, to, to talk to you, you know? And so TJ was like, wow, that was really bold. And so I got her number, you know? 
So we got to talking and it come to find out, you know, they had a bunch of like, you know, during the satanic panic of, of that time, part of it was right. related to some of like the, the beheadings and ritual murders that were in the area. And so when I told her that story, she's like, that might be the guy that they're looking for. <laughs> I didn't think about that. That's true. So that we, got, was... we got lucky, I think, in that case, you know. Oh well, you yeah. remember you remember when Bills, Bills of Bubba. Sure, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Who knows? One of those things. You know, the desert has a lot of stories, of course, uh, and a lot of holes. We oh, know yeah. that in different ways. I was thinking about uh, today when we went to that canyon with a bunch of Hessians one time, and it was kind of like south. It was on the way to like towards Yuma, past Ripley, and then you go off sort of off in the desert. And it was it was like a polished sort of sandstone in some areas, and there was oh Gargoyle Canyon, Gargoyle Canyon. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, and Gargoyle there, Canyon. And there was one place we had to get in the water, and I don't think any of us wanted. See, you got to understand these guys. Whatever, <laughs> whenever they went out, they would spend like a fucking hour, like poison, putting their hair up and putting all their shit on. Right, remember that? You guys yeah. were like yeah. serious just, just, to, just to jump into a. Pool full of murky. Pool out of makeup. Frog sex exactly. Yeah. And we got to Gargoyle Canyon, and you and you you go to the top, and you hike your way back down to the canyon, right? Which yeah. is just yeah. a washout, which is you know danger zone if it floods or whatever else. And so yes, there was a a, a leachy pool of disgusting, uh, mercury filled water. Yeah. Yes, and looked like looked like you who the drink. Pretty much, yes, yes. And I think nobody wanted to go until somebody got pushed in. And it was like, well, fuck you. Yeah. And so then we all went through that like that. Yeah. I remember that. God. What was that sound? That was... Oh, shoot. A guy from the desert. Yes, it is. No, it's... it's uh, I've got notifications on this computer upstairs in the dungeon uh, for the high school page, which was pretty awesome. Oh, okay. They posted that uh, picture of us in... in is, uh, <laughs> it's the fucking marching band. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I really, I, you were, you're like, where am I? I'm like, you're in the crack, bro. <laughs> That's what yeah, I wanted to yeah, say. Yeah, of course. Because <laughs> it was a, a a full gatefold, the center page. Yeah, right? yeah. Of course, I remember. Yeah. God, I remember that was in the gazebo at Todd Park. Was it? I don't really yeah. recall. I don't remember that being yeah. in the gazebo. I do remember. I, them putting us through a lot of bullshit to get that stuff done. Oh, and, and, and it was hot. Yeah. 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 And, and I do remember one time, speaking of Todd Park and the gazebo, I remember oh, yeah, I came one iteration of the one of the bands that I was in. I don't remember who uh, was in the band uh, at that time. The guy, was it Mike? Snake. Snake was Snake was on drums. The guy, That's right. Snake. Snake. Snake Boudreaux. Yeah. yeah. Snake Boudreaux. Who and, was the guitar player? Yo. I don't, I don't know if it was Jody or Brian. Or, I don't know, man. I don't know. But but you came up and you grabbed the mic and we started ripping through some songs. I remember that. It was yeah. to, to to like three or four of our friends and then a bunch of horrified Mexican people having a quinceanera. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, good times. Yep. Uh, I think about the time well, of playing playing uh turkey ball with all uh, our mormon buddies oh yeah and uh, in yep. the because where you said your house is in front of the park todd park Blythe, california 
it's yeah. you know uh, it's it's a trip uh you know, lock your doors yep. uh so cadaver <laughs> <laughs> california yeah Fly pretty much. Of the world pretty much pretty much and so uh we love it we, we get we go back quite often uh <laughs> so with todd park so we're playing football and we're getting our asses creamed and about that time here comes one again full regalia full rocker regalia carrying his base and so he went through a period yeah. where his base was with him all of the time 24 yeah. 7 he probably slept with it right and he was always yeah. fingering his base and and so that's right i had that with me i would we'd go everybody you know it's because i always wanted to be playing and all my friends were like man you need to come out you need to quit hiding in your house so i decided well if i'm going to continue to practice i might as well just bring it with me that way sure. i was in the social recluse sure sure so so he comes come, yeah, yeah, come yeah. across the park, and they were like, we begged him because, you know, he was a big guy. He's like, come play with us, please, please, please. He's all right. Let me go put my bass away. And he did. Yeah. He came over there. And, of course, you know, you're a candy ass. You can't play. So <laughs> I think no, you got, I got, can't play I think, I think, you know, that, that shit was fun for a couple of years until, you know, it got so bad where basically it was full contact football with no safety yeah. gear or anything else. And, you know, Nothing. every year somebody got a broken nose, broken arm, uh, you know, ankles I, all jacked up for sure. Uh, I bit, I bit that yeah. guy from USC that came out that one time because he fucking knocked me on my ass. I mean, it just got so, oh, yeah. it got so, it got pretty violent. It got bad. Yeah. <laughs> fucking fights and breakouts. Shit. It just became a great tradition. Ah, I tell you, those but, those yeah, are golden yeah. times for sure. It, that I remember that for for many years, the turkey bowl, and then after a while, it's just like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't do it. It's <laughs> people yeah. are getting hurt, people, like really hurt. You know, it was like uh, you know, gangs in New York or something. Towards the end, you know, people wrapping up their hands oh, yeah. and stuff like, hey, they're gonna play. Yeah. <laughs> lords of hey, lords of Flatbush. Do you do you remember? You know, we used to always hang out at what we ended up calling Pee Wee's Playhouse, Carl's Junior. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So I want to say it was you and myself and someone else. We were hanging out there sitting the back part of the dining room that uh -huh. they, they put in that little Greyhound station back there. Maybe. Okay. After a while. They, yeah, yeah. They got yeah, rid okay. of the Greyhound station that was down on Hobson way and they right. set up a trailer basically okay. behind Carl's Jr. That became the new, and I want to say it was you and me. We were sitting there jib jabbing and stuff and we see this guy get off the bus and you're like look at this crazy bastard he was like fatigues and stuff but he wasn't military he was just kind of like i went and bought fatigues and he's got a big military duffel bag and this guy i'm like yeah i don't think that guy's legit you know from the military coming home and he kneels down on the sidewalk right by that window and he opens up his bag and it's full of machine guns. You remember that? And we both looked at each other and he, and he, and he gets the machine gun out and he puts a clip in it and he starts to walk around like he's going to go inside the restaurant and we take off. And we never heard anything else about it. Do you remember that? No. <laughs> you really don't? No. That wasn't me. <laughs> Well, that happened. How many, how many days had you been up at that point? Yeah, it happened. I thought it was you and me, because I just remember looking at each other and just being very quiet. Instead of being the heroes and telling everybody to leave, we just kind of like snuck out the back door that what well, you weren't supposed to go out of because the alarm went off, and uh, and we left. No, I don't remember that one. Sorry, bro. Yeah, that wasn't me. I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Okay. We, we had some I'll other. We had some other adventures for sure. Um, oh, we had. 
Plenty. Yeah, yeah, too many to be honest with you to think about it. So, uh, still working at the theme park and doing the music stuff. Uh, huge back catalog of stuff. I mean, you've just been prolific in producing stuff through sort of a range of styles and music and so forth. And, and the last thing I just saw here, of course, was the the cabaret stuff, which is hilarious. It's amazing. Um, oh yeah, yeah. But I mean, if I think about Again, the, the the indigenous or like Native American uh, flautist aspect, you know, uh, your Olin stuff is just, you know, amazing and tranquil. Now, the, the jammy stuff that you did with the Jupiter Groove, of course, mm-hmm. your solo stuff, you know, and, and also the the difference between the, the instruments as you go through these stages, right? And so now you're just, just purely just working with sound, right? For For the majority of the stuff that I've been doing at home, yeah. I um, I've, I've you know I always consider myself a, a bass player first because it's my main instrument. You know I do percussion stuff, but but um, I don't know, man. When I when I dis, when I decided to start just using manipulating sounds, it kind of opened up a lot, and and it opened up a lot, of course, obviously because I'm not constricted or restricted to one instrument. But because I've been able to do those things with, with manipulating sound, it's actually opened up more avenues for me as a basis for a step, Chapman stick player or whatever, looking at the instruments differently and not looking at them for what they are. Like, I don't look at the bass as the bass. I just look at it as a, as, as a manipulator of, of sound. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of trying to, it's kind of opened it up that way. Mm-hmm. So I don't really, when I, when I go to compose something or, or create something, I'm not thinking, okay, this is going to be a bass centered tune. I'm just thinking, look, I know where I want to go and I'm going to use what I need to use to get there, mm-hmm. whether it's the bass or the flutes or a synthesizer or dropping a, uh, you know, a, 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 a ball bearing down a PVC tube and recording it. I'm just going to do it and to, to get the sounds that I want and kind of, um, you know, put, put something out there that puts people in a immersive state of mind. Mm-hmm. I, I met, um, we did a gig last night with Jupiter Groove and, uh, there's, a one of our friends who was in a band called quantum X. She, their band's not together anymore. Her project is, but she doesn't have any members right now, but she's been doing a lot of stuff. And, and um, and she, so we were talking and she said, she put out a, a a thesis for her um, school where she did 38 minutes of manipulating sounds with her poetry. And so she's talking to me about it and I'm looking at her and I was like, dude, that's kind of sounds like the stuff I've been doing. And she's like, that's why I want to talk to you. I want to do some collaboration. So I was listening to her stuff this morning and I was like, Oh, this is really out there. So she's taken sampled sounds, played them on her keyboard and then taken them Mm -hmm. And, and and time stretched them and did all kinds of okay. stuff and then did her did her poetry over and stuff. So for example, um, sorry. Yeah, yeah. For example. So she, she wants us to, to collaborate with her. Sorry. A residence negative land. Sorry. Um sorry. That's right. No, no. So. Actually, it's 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 you know, I would say uh manipulation of sound. You know, it's an old game for sure. And and people uh, oh, yeah. sort of get into it and we see it, it kind of come and go in different ways over the years. And I think it's uh, pretty awesome in that sense. Um, 
but going from sort of like the analog version of to now the digital version, I mean, it's sort of mm-hmm. it's sort of the same thing when people start arguing about about the, the the classic soundboards that produce those amazing albums that we grew up oh, with totally, yeah. versus you know what everybody has now, which is it just you know it's the difference between records and CDs in some ways. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's important. Yeah, yeah. I think it's important for me if I was going to do this to uh, make sure I incorporate either hybrid it somehow to make sure mm-hmm. I kind of get all, all of those pieces together. Um, the, this thing, I don't haven't, I don't know who you're talking about. And I'll be interested to see and hear it because that sounds pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah. but I've seen some of these artists with, you know, a collection of pedals, you know, looping stuff, uh, same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw a guy in Germany that just did an amazing sort of like set of, uh, freestyling sort of and looping his, his, his raps or his loops sequentially or, you know, progressively in order to create this, you know, uh, composure, uh, composition. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just, just fantastic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's some really good players out there. One of the, uh, Robert Fripp is a guitar player for King Crimson. Yes. And, uh, and back in the shoot late seventies, he started, you know, messing around with the tape machines and doing loops and stuff and creating soundscapes and, uh, working with people like Brian Eno and stuff like that, you know, so just doing all the just stuff that doesn't sound like a guitar, just to create a vibe and a mood. And um, there's a guy a few years back, he was kind of like big in the jam band scene. His name was Keller Williams. Mm-hmm. And he would have That's a whole, energy. you know, he'd yeah, have a whole band set up on stage and would just loop everything. And just he's the only guy up there doing it. Mm-hmm. And that was a freaking amazing. But there's a lot of that stuff. So I, 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 I love being able to take the sounds and manipulate them and create the sound beds that I can jam over the top or just layer more stuff and just keep going and going and going. It gets a little indulgent, of course, but oh yeah, yeah. Music, definitely had music is indulgent anyway. Well, I mean, that's yeah. again, that's, the, that's the, the, the phallic connection. I mean, you're just kind of like playing with that big thing in front of you, right? Uh, yeah, with, totally. with both hands, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. So, so, two, so. Two, two points to back up the bus and, and I already sort of, I told you an hour and we're already over an hour, so but let me let That's me fine. I just want to clarify the the idea of, of the stick for a lot of people still are not as familiar with what the stick is or that thing yeah. that you're referring to. And then the fast forward, you were, you were talking also a little bit um, about some of the, the, the things that you're doing. I'm thinking about influences still is, I think, an important oh, okay. construct. So, so clarify those two points, and then I'll get out of your hair, and we can set up a, another time, maybe to to, to go. Over so you talk like my, my own personal influences and why I ended up where I am at with music. Well, yeah, for the most part. I mean, it, it sounds like you're being influenced by by other uh, structures now, but I think yeah. what, what was the sort of the genesis of the origin story, right? I well, know. Origin... I, I know. For me, one of the first times I came over your house, the thing you wanted to show me was, you know. Uh, Led Zeppelin backwards, Stairway to Heaven on the record player. Yeah, <laughs> and then you were always trying That's to turn right. me onto Queen and, and a couple of other things, and I was like, ah, right. some things were cool. ACDC, you're a huge right. Kiss fan. Uh, of course, yeah. what I loved is you had a great collection of, of like old ass Rolling Stone magazines. You know. So, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it started off with Kiss because of the you know to me the, the theatrical yeah, sure. makeup thing was cool because I tied it into my love of growing up watching hammer horror films with my mom and universal yeah. monster films. Yeah. So that's, that's why I, I, I got into that. But then um, I remember 
watching the uh, the kids are all right the movie about the who mm-hmm. and when i saw john Entwistle yep. I playing what i didn't yeah i didn't know that was even a base i just decided that's what i want to do and he's still the guy that that people will compare me to they'll say hey man you sound like john Entwistle when you play or some of the that things was, you go I, but you know i remember throwing Billy's, yeah i remember you pushing boris the spider on everybody that would oh, yeah. come over man that was that yeah, was yeah. that was your thing, man, for sure. Yeah, I, 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 I remember pushing that on uh, on Garth, and he actually I played it for him. He called one night at the radio station. Whenever I don't know, he goes, "Come on, man, play me something that I'm gonna like." I said, "Look, dude, I don't want to get fired, but I'm gonna play you something," and that, that's the song I played. And he actually called back. He goes, "Yeah, I like that." <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, listening to that, and then and then you know, I got into for a little bit. I got into the hair bands in the '80s, but I always really liked the hardcore and punk and 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 then i like the stuff that was kind of kind of out there a lot of different time changes and stuff i like what a lot of the prog bands are doing and stuff and um but i also grew up listening to classical music and big band jazz so eventually i knew that all those things had to converge and turn into something very horrific or beautiful or both and um when i discovered the chapman stick i gotta tell you how that came about Mm. so i had a dream i had this dream that i was a chaperone for a youth group Uh, we're going yeah yeah and we're going to knott's very far so so you need to describe to the listeners what what a chapman stick is why it's not the same so i will show you what you can can show me but but for those people that are know that you and i both have a face for radio yeah so so what makes this different basically so so the chapman stick this thing right here so what it is basically is in 1968 or 69 there about some gentleman named emmett chapman who's a guitar player jazz guitar player he um would experiment a lot with his instruments adding different electronic elements and adding just different hardware and stuff because he's just kind of like this inventor kind of guy couldn't stop his mind from growing so he was trying to figure out a way to accompany uh, Bernie Kessel, which was another jazz guitarist mm-hmm. he played with, accompany him not just by playing chords, but by playing full bass lines and chords at the same time. So he started tuning his guitar to be able to accomplish that by tapping on the guitar neck like this. Mm-hmm. So you're playing notes with this hand like a piano, notes with this hand. Mm-hmm. And eventually he decided, you know, I really need an instrument that maximizes this technique. So he built himself an instrument to serve the technique whereas most people will adapt their technique to the instrument he created the instrument for the technique and he started building them out of his garage in california and before you know it people wanted some so he started making them for everybody and um to this day they're still built out of that garage in california he passed away yeah. last last year yeah i remember I saw and, that uh, which yeah which is like you know it was a pretty big blow to us who play the instrument because he was very connected to everybody he wasn't the kind of person that was here it is play it i want to hear from you he when i bought this one this is a used instrument i bought it uh, from a guy in new york and i ended up calling up the chapman stick enterprises to order strings for it and um, his wife answered the phone and and i told her that i just bought it used and she said oh give me the serial number so i give her the serial number and she's and the next person that gets on the phone was emma chat mm-hmm. and we're talking and he's like so um he goes so so here's the history of your stick 
Mm. And he and he and he gave me the history. Who was the first owner? Who was the second owner? Who ended up? You know, when did I get it and everything? He registered me under books. He said these are the strings that are recommended for that one. Wow. And he's telling me about the history of my particular stick. And then he says, "Welcome to the family." <laughs> and it was exactly that. I had many conversations with him on on the phone, via email, where he was just a really encouraging human being with regards to his, his passion for for the invention that he that, you know this guy created you know extended into his passion for 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 being a mentor to everybody who ever picked up one of these instruments and by extension i also got a big huge family of stick players from around the world who we just we just you know it's it's kind of like we all know each other even if we've never met um, well, I actually got into. You're talking about a, a very unique sort of uh, niche or subculture, you know, mm-hmm. sub sub subreddit 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 subreddit. Yep, to yep, get exactly. To very because, unique because of the technical and, expertise that's needed to to actually do something with that. Yeah, in, in it's, a way that's effective. it's yeah. Which which I am nowhere near being at the level of say a person like Greg Howard or Bob Culbertson, who are amazing mm-hmm. stick players. Mm-hmm. Tony Levin. Uh, who's who played a lot? Who actually he's the in residence bassist stick is with Peter Gabriel, um, and I'm, uh, you know, he's one of the go-to bass players. He's one of the most recorded bass players in history, along with Leland Scar and Carol Kay and people like that. Wow. Phil Chen and uh, Pino Palladino, all these bass players that are like top session. Abel Boreal, people like that. This Tony Levin is one of those guys, and um, but you know. Being able to be in that kind of like that same group with them, even though I don't feel like I'm at that same level, uh, but I'm in that group, and uh, it's 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 kind of it's really cool. It's there's not a lot of people in the world that play these things. Um, Trey Gunn's another amazing. He started off as a stick. He plays an instrument called the war guitar, which is basically the same concept, but it has a, a body on it like a bass, and um, but same technique. Um, well, one of my biggest influences. That was that was the only yeah. thing that I could say to Les Claypool without sort of like fanboying out too much. Um, yeah, yeah, was like, huh, my my yeah. friend plays a stick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "What the fuck's that?" <laughs> no, he's actually he cool. goes, "Yeah, he goes, that's all right. I play the Wamola." Which that thing is crazy. I, I got to meet him and talk to him for a little no, he's, bit. He's doing, right. you know, he's when right. I was doing production, yeah, he's a he's a he's a cool guy. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And it's weird. His his voice sounds exactly like what you think it would sound. Yeah, like. pretty much. He's just yeah, he's just a weird cat. But so that's that's that journey for for, for this thing. And, so nineteen sixty eight. There's many versions of it. That's, yeah, that's, that's almost as old as you are. Yeah, that's a trip. Shit. Right? Yeah, two years younger than me. Yeah, cool instrument. Freaking yeah. awesome instrument, and and just one of the only uh, instruments that is considered a truly American invention as far as a musical instrument goes, along with the saxophone, mm-hmm. um, was in the Smithsonian Institute. I think still is the original one. It always looks like something. Cool it always looks like it's something out of uh, Moss Eisley Cantina. Yeah, well, it's funny <laughs> you should mention that the uh, the original Dune, where Patrick uh, Stewart plays Gurney. Oh yeah, yeah, you're talking about the uh, you're talking okay. about the David Lynch one. Yeah, the David Lynch one. So yeah. which he, he, watch he didn't sign off on it. He wanted to be known as Alan Smithy because he didn't like what they did to the movie. <laughs> this is right. Yeah. So, but if you look at that scene 
where Patrick Stewart is playing the ballast set. Yeah, yeah. That is act, that is actually a Chapman stick That's that they've right. added a bunch of other little gizmos. Yeah. And the music that you hear in that is actually Emma Chapman yeah. playing. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, so, that's exactly what cool. I said to Patrick Stewart. My friend plays a Chapman stick. <laughs> Fuck off, you blighter. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yes, my exactly. son. Yeah, yeah. Yes, my son. How yeah. can I help you? Yes, your confession is accepted. <laughs> Very good. Uh, all right. So uh, so we know we have some some key turning points, definitely, in, in uh, an artist's life, for sure. Things happen, you know. Yeah. I mean, when you come to a fork in the road, you know, normally Yogi Berra would say, you know, you take it. You just got to you get it no matter which one you do. Damned if you do, damned if you don't, you got to take it. And sometimes right. some, some pretty amazing uh, things come out of it, uh, especially even working with some of the digital media through uh, making these uh, sound collages or art collages, or whatever else. A lot of happy accidents are still somewhat possible, um, but it yeah. seems that now the, the technology is at a point where it sort of can um, learn a bit more about what you're doing to it. And so it becomes a bit more intuitive than it used to be in the past. And so I get concerned about that because then what happens is there's sort of a homogenization of what it's producing. Mm -hmm. and, and where I'm going with this is by thinking about, asking you about influences, if you think about the state of, of uh, uh, top 40 today, pop music now, right? compared to when we used to have yeah. to play American Top 40 on a record, four records right. on a Saturday morning at the radio station, right? And then, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and so if we go back to that catalog that we grew up with probably in high school, a little bit afterwards, and think about, you know, we're the same people that think, oh, okay, oldies are like standards, Frank Sinatra, whatever else, okay? Now right. our music is oldies, right? It's not classic fucking rock yeah. anymore. It's oldies. No. It's 80s, right? It's oldies, you're right. Yeah, for sure. It's still fucking tolerable. And and I'm lucky for me that I was, you know, such a fucking dickhead uh, where I would only be omni-focused on sort of one genre or something like that that I said, oh, I don't like that. I'm a purist. No, I don't want that. And so then I can go back and sort of, you know, re-scrape those areas and discover new stuff, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, like Budgie or whatever else that I like to listen to, that kind of shit. So what I'm looking for here is basically the influences that you kind of have already talked about slightly, and then the state of what you think that is for music now. You know, are we are we going to be listening to, yeah, ski, yeah, ski, yeah, ski, you know, in, in 20 years from now? I think about that a lot. I do. I think about... Um... The music that that has endured to this point from when we were growing up, even from the 90s, you got a lot of stuff that still comes on the radio that you're hearing because that's classic rock now, you know, Nirvana and uh, Modest Mouse and freaking Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. That stuff is classic rock right now. That comes up on the radio now and I'm listening to it and I'm going, you know what, this is some good shit. I like some of that stuff. The stuff that's on the radio now with regards to top 40, because I don't want to get, like you said, genre specific, because you're always going to have a bias with, with, it, with whatever genre you're into. But top 40 back when we were, like you said, at the radio station, you still hear some of those tunes on the radio now. They've become, as you say, standards and classics. Uh, but when I listen to, and I don't listen to a lot of top 40 radio, that's, just, that's part just, of it, you see. Why, exactly. is it we, why is it we're not listening to Top 40? Yeah. 
because it's not for I'd us. Be, you know, because it's we're, not for we're us. Old. It's we're not. not in that demographic anymore. And, and no. And, and so yes, we've got fantastic music that that we seem to think is going to to go with us. But I have a sneaky suspicion that once we're gone, a lot of it will go with us as well. Because we don't I think so. We don't listen to a lot of the other music that maybe our parents, grandparents, or great grandparents had a chance to listen to, unless somebody yeah. introduces us to us. Somebody breaks out a, a blind right. lemonhead Jefferson or something like that. You know, the, the blues yeah, yeah. society is pretty good at, at preserving sort of their 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 uh, you know lineage and so on. In, in, in that case, um, I think they, they look at it because they look at it as heritage. Sure. And 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 yeah, it, it's it is art, it's entertainment, but sure. it's it's heritage. It's part of it's part of their makeup and stuff. So but, I but, but I would say hip hip hop also has the heritage. That's true, it does. You know, and and so now we're at a point where we're sort of I'm not exactly I'm not sure if this is is uh, uh <laughs> what the fuck this is. Is this fentanyl music? Is it opioid music? I don't I, I try, I mean I've really tried to get into some of the, the stuff that's out here right now. That, yeah. that's considered to be popular hit and i just don't get it i'm sorry me, me either i think the difference is using that analogy of, of heritage so the blues people are bringing their heritage in but they're not bringing it out on a walker mm. or in a wheelchair and saying hey look we're trying to keep this guy alive we're trying to keep this alive here you go now can you take over the you know the, the convalescence care I think I don't think blues is like that, or, or those genres are like that. I think it's like it's presented as is, and it's valid. Mm-hmm. Where I think now this music, maybe in twenty years from now, it is going to be wheeled out in the wheelchair, and, and like, hey, can we try to keep this alive? That's kind of how I feel about it, and, and you know, and maybe I'm just I mean, like, this, like this, when, this, when when we were growing up, our parents were like, "What the hell is this crap they're listening well, to?" I know, I know. That's that's what it's the intergenerational. You know what the fuck's wrong with these kids today? I, yeah. I know. I knew exactly when I got older. I knew that's built I, in. I know. Right. I knew I got older the, the the day that the music was like too loud or I didn't like it. Uh, because you know yeah. me. I mean, you're talking about a guy who used to stick his head in the fucking bass drum. I mean, I like all of it. I'm very eclectic. Right. Right. Case, right. But, but there's, it has to have some sort of, you know, a hook or a connection in this case. But I just, it's just not there for me. It's just. I think, I think there's a, a in a lot of it, there is a, well, I kind of, the analogy that I like to make is, okay, so when auto-tune came along. Yeah, that squashed a lot of shit. It was, it was, it was like a, a little effect that was kind of, okay, here, let's fix a note here. Let's fix a note there because. It's an eight-hour recording session. We're towards the end of the eight hours, and hey, man, my voice isn't keeping up. Can we just let's just use that to fix something and let's move forward? I get that part of it. That's cool, you know. But when it's used as just let's just drop that in automatically because this person can't sing for shit, but she's good looking or he's good looking, and we're going to put him out there in front of everybody, and it doesn't matter who the musicians are on the album. It doesn't matter about any of that shit because we're selling. A product, an image, not, an image, an image, and it's yeah. and and there's always been the image aspect oh, yeah, in entertainment sure, sure, and no. music forever. <coughs> show, but it, show but, it, but it was, but it was part of the package. It yeah. wasn't the package. Sure, but if you think of uh, the music that we grew up on, that maybe because they didn't have the uh, the technology or the ability or the budget to sort of you know polish a couple of turds. And you might have mm-hmm. a really beautiful singer that was off key or whatever else, but 
if they kind of knew that it was part of the, the I mean, fuck that uh, X is having its 40th anniversary coming up, oh, right? God, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, and and so it, it, can you think of any? I can only think of a few songs, maybe that were sort of crossed over for them. But generally speaking, I mean, her vocals have always been, you know, just as shrill as my voice is talking to you in some cases. Yeah, uh, everybody. Yeah, very John Doe. John Doe's wasn't that much better. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know. Yeah, but you know, when you think about the the craft of songwriting too, I think that's the other issue I've had ever since uh, people have been able to do a lot of recording at home and so forth and producing a lot of a lot of stuff without taking it out and, and you know airing it out in front of an audience and, and letting you know right. and so forth uh, and find out. I mean, I, you could do it online to a certain extent, but you know, how valid is that rapport, I guess, you know, I understand that I, ha- having a hundred thousand followers, okay. means that you are a star, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're talented. No, no, you're right. And, and, and the other thing that I have to, we have to think about is, is okay. So yeah, taking out that song, test driving it in front of an audience, test driving it in a club, airing it out, crafting it, refining it and stuff that kind of is, you know, done online on a YouTube channel on Twitter in a 30 second spurt or something. And yet those people are getting the follows. And so now that has become the standard. So it, 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 it's become the standard. And so for what, it, whether it's good or bad or whether the audience gives a shit, yeah. about whether that song's been yeah they need to work on this hook a little bit more if it gets these hits it gets these likes it gets these followers and you got this these people that are certainly there you've got some very talented people that have used these mediums the social media oh, to, sure. to get their the, name out they're incredible and then you got some that you're like uh-huh. this person's this person's doing what? 20 seconds of of some it's it's just it's such a I don't know. It's 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 a very strange time for music. That's for sure. And well, I'll, take that, as a, I'll s- take that as a good thing. Yes, exactly. Because in that strangeness, yes, uh, they can accept a little bit of more, not, not along with the crap that's accepted. Sure. There's also the opportunity that hey, look, I know you're accepting this, but shit, this shit out. Yeah. You know, and so so yeah, it's kind of like the borders are open you know, let's become Vikings and go in and rape and pillage. I probably shouldn't use that analogy, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, it's That's wide it, open blue. Yeah. Like I said, blue light special yeah, doors are open. Let's yeah. go in. That's what I said. Your name is actually Johnny Lionel from the Hamptons. And so we're now, That's right. That's why you had cultural appropriation in this case. So remember, right. so, yeah, Cinco it's, de Mayo it's, it's, and Gringo de Mayo are not the same. No. So, <laughs> so it's, Strange waters to swim in, but swim nonetheless when it comes to expression and music, whether whether it's music or art, poetry, the visual arts, whatever. I, it's a different time. It's not ever going to be like what it was in the 70s or 80s. It'll just never be that way. It's it's changed. It's, what? There's not going to be any Black Oak Arkansas Jim Dandy shows? No, oh, man. No, no, more, no more Oak oh, Mountain Daredevils or oh, whoever wait. the hell. Or, you know. Oh, wait. That's a, that's but we do have C6 Steve, so that's good. Oh, there you go. Okay. If you, if you, yeah, if you so. vouch for him. Uh, I'll say yeah. that, that one guy. How's that? There you go. That dude. That no, that's, that's what he's, is, that's we, what he's yeah. called. He's called that one guy. Oh, 
who is this? I don't know this guy. Are you shitting me? You don't know that one guy? Oh, fuck. He's I, amazing. Yeah. He plays a boot. All right. I'm... He plays a boot. <laughs> and I'm not talking about gonna... from Canada. He's not that what's a boot. Yeah. And so uh, he, he's fucking, he kills in Bonnaroo. They, they bring him down, you know, and he's got nice. a, a cavalcade of, of homemade sort of uh, string instruments, including this boot. Which uh, nearly fucking got his ass into Guantanamo Bay because when he was flying to Australia and he puts his fucking boot on the X-ray, right? What do they see? But you know the fucking pickup and the wires and the shit in the boot, right? And so that was not too long after the, the fucking shoe bomber bullshit, right? So you know he definitely got the old rubber glove. And how do you how do you explain how do you explain to somebody like? Well, what is it? Well, it's it's an instrument. Well, yeah, we know it's an instrument. Instrument of death, terrorism. What is it? It's like it's it's. A, it, I, I, I am a musician. I play a boot. Are you from Canada? What's that a boot? No, stop playing around here. Who's on first? What's on the second? I'm exaggerating yeah. the story. Yeah, that one guy. He's he's uh, he's phenomenal. He did a show in the Vineyard a long that. time ago, and I saw his name pop up not too long ago. I said, "Well, fuck, he's still kicking around." In the tradition of like uh, Bob Log the Third or uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Reverend Beatman or uh, what's the other one? His counter, his alter ego. I forgot. Reverend, Reverend Lightning Beatman, uh, Hazel Hazel Adkins. You know all these sort of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. one one man uh, cavalcade noisemakers. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah those I, guys are freaking awesome. I'm surprised that the, you. I haven't seen you like you know with a. a Something on one leg and something on another leg, and then you know playing up here and so forth. You know, so not that I'm working on that specific thing, but I am going towards being able to do a half hour at least of me just on stage um, doing some stuff, not just loops either. I want to do a whole experience. It's coming. Yeah, it will. I, I may be in my sixties when I do it, when okay. I get to it, but Who, that doesn't whose matter. Whose fucking timeline are you on? Are you on your own or yeah. are you on everybody else's? Yeah. There is no time, man. That's Time's it. a fucking concept of man. There you go. <laughs> time lords forever. Hey, it was great talking That's to right. you, catching up, and then um, we'll go back over some of this maybe at another time and uh, yeah. see, see what happens with the responses and then uh, go from there. Okay, man. I love you, brother. I love you too, brother. Oh, good shit. seeing you oh. and good talking to you. Oh, fuck. I meant to, I meant to give this to you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, uh, of course, I had to tell him he was number one. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll post up the links for uh, Juan R. Leon and uh, his studio and uh, his music, his YouTube stuff. Definitely worth checking out. I mean, again, the guy I, I grew up with, uh, love this guy, and uh, he's just always been talented in so many ways. So. Check it out, babies. All right. Be cool.